0: All right, Matthew, the ninth chapter. We're up to chapter 9. Woo-hoo! Cruising along at the speed of snails. We uh, just finished chapter 8. We just read where Jesus uh, was uh, doing miracles, and all these people come, and then he hops in a boat and says, let's go to the other side. And uh, the big storm comes up and he calms the storm. They get to the... He lands right where you're not supposed to land because nobody's supposed to go there. There's two crazy people there, two demon-possessed guys there. Of course, Jesus goes right where he's not supposed to go, (laughs) which is great. He always does this. And everybody's looking. All of a sudden, these two crazy guys come... come running at him, and then they freak because they recognize Jesus as the Son of God. And he casts the demons out of these two guys and sets them free. And he throws them into a herd of pigs. And the pigs go crazy and they all drown themselves. And uh, and I pointed out, you know, this is a big deal to the people who had the pigs. That cost them a lot of money. Why would Jesus do that? He knew they were all going to freak out and drown. Uh, It's because they weren't supposed to have pigs. These are Jews. They're not supposed to eat them. They probably make a comment. Well, we're not technically eating them. We're probably just selling them and making money off of them. Uh, So the analogy of last week's sermon was, you know, don't watch out for the pigs in your life. Don't get pigs in your life because God will kill your pigs. All right. Name of that sermon. Okay, so then, uh, now, uh, all the people come out and say, please go away. You just killed all our pigs. You're a pig killer. Leave. So, verse 1 of chapter 9, Jesus stepped into the boat. He's back in boat, He just gets there. He's not there long enough. Please go away. Gets back in the boat. And now he comes over. To, on the lake and goes to his own town. Now, some men brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. You know, and now it has everybody's attention. Ooh, 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 paralyzed. Because other people, because you, you don't know how sick people are. You can't tell. You're not them. And people tend to be skeptical. I mean, let's face it. And all honesty, if Pastor Latham drops over dead right now, I mean stone-cold dead. Not not. Princess, bride, mostly dead. I'm talking about dead, dead, dead. And our doctor here gets up and says, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. And then I come down and pray for him and all of a sudden he pops back to life. Most of you would go, oh, he just probably had gas. You know. <laughs> because we're skeptical. You know you would, you sinners. You know you would. You, oh, he wasn't dead. He probably just passed. out was the heat or something. You know, I mean, we'd all come up with that because nobody would really believe it because we're skeptical by nature. It's just the way it is. It's why we don't see more miracles, because we're so skeptical of this country. It keeps miracles from happening, which is a whole other sermon. But anyway, so this is one of the people are coming. I don't feel good, and then he's healing. Well, now here comes a paralyzed guy. Whoa, okay. <laughs> this has got to be impressive. You can't fake this. This guy cannot move. What's going to happen now? So everybody's like, check this out. So when Jesus saw their faith, they came, I mean, obviously it takes some faith here, here's a paralyzed guy. Jesus looks at the guy and says, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Now we begin to see something we haven't seen up to this point. If you were to stop at chapter 8 with the Gospels, you would have a totally different picture of Christianity than we have today. Because the first part of this, Jesus is really tough. And intentionally so, and I'm glad we've talked about it because a lot of people don't take their Christian faith very seriously but Jesus takes it seriously he warns them this is how you need to live life we've gone through this verse by verse I hope you've been part of it and showing the things that are important for us to follow and pay attention to and he warns us avoid sin this will destroy your life he says if your eye is causing you to sin better to pluck it out of your head because it's better to go to heaven with one eye than to go into hell with two he says if your hand's giving you a problem cut it off better to go to heaven with one hand than into hell with two. And he goes on and on. I mean, it's like really strong stuff. It's like, wow, 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 wow. And people come, oh, I want to follow you. And he was real short and to the point with them. Okay, well, my dad just died. He said, I'll let the dead bury their dead. I mean, it's like, wow. He says, look, many people will say unto me on judgment day, Lord, Lord. And he says, you know, they're not going to get into heaven. I mean, at this point, it's like, yikes. Very strong. Very to the point, God is not messing around. And now we see Jesus, this guy comes, and he says, I forgive you. Now what's stunning about this is, there's no record the guy asked to be forgiven. He didn't ask to be forgiven. He just says this to him. Now, the religious people who are listening to this freak out. And the next verse says, at this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, they're thinking it to themselves, though Jesus knew what they were thinking. So, this this guy's blaspheming. You can't say that. Who are you? I mean, they have no concept that he's the Son of God at this point. The idea that he's a Messiah. They just think he's a teacher, a prophet. They call him a rabbi. They they didn't know who he was. And for him to say, well, your sins are free. You you can't say that. You can't just say. Christianity is the only religion in the world that has this concept of forgiveness like we celebrate nobody else has this Every, uh, even the Jewish religion for these guys if you wanted to be forgiven you had to do something you had to offer a sacrifice and a sacrifice usually cost you money I mean you know if you were to sacrifice a lamb you weren't supposed to just take the sick lamb in the corner coughing <coughs> say let's kill that one you're supposed to bring the very best one prized lamb you know big money lab. it's going to cost you some money to sacrifice lab, or to cow or to whatever the heck you got and, and if you were real poor you could bring a little bird or something like that but still even when you're poor man anybody in the place where 10 bucks felt like 10,000 bucks you know what I'm talking about so they'll cost you something not only did it cost you then you had to go to the ceremony you had to do it and all they I mean, had to do something you can't just let somebody off the hook like that you can't just say you're forgiven wow this is radical Christianity Where God maintains the right to be able to say, I forgive you. I let you off the hook. It's very powerful. You can't buy it. You can't bribe it. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do other than to ask for it. And in this case, he didn't even ask for it. And he forgives this guy. And it's stunning. It's stunning to them. Judaism, it was shocking to them. Muslims, you know, nice people, but uh, they pray five times a day, give alms, they're supposed to pay for their sins by doing good works, they have to recite the creeds, they have to make a pilgrimage to Mecca, they have to fast for a month, you know, a year, and they beat themselves, I mean, they do all kinds of stuff, they're all trying to pay off their sins. No idea of just God letting you off the hook. If you're a Hindu, they offer various offerings themselves and make pilgrimages as well and they have to work off the bad karma so that they, you know when you come back you can come back in better shape than the last time when you're recycled, you know. Which you know, I don't know any Hindus, but I'm sure they're nice people, but it's like a drag to me. Who wants to come back here? <laughs> Much less if you come back like a mosquito. You know, you're back. <laughs> Wow! Well, well, I just got here. You know, I'm saying this is a short-lived deal. So, <laughs> so they got to, you know, got to go through many recyclings till you finally get to. I don't know how it works, but the, Buddhism, you know, you've got to through human effort reach a state of enlightenment. You know, trying to find the state of perfect nothingness, which is Iowa, actually. And. uh <laughs> <laughs> but Christianity, God will just let you off the hook. Now this is shocking. This is, in fact, God is so willing to let people off the hook that Jesus gave parables about it about how angry it makes some people. Even in the Old Testament, you know the story of Jonah, you want to read your story of Jonah? It's a really small book in the Old Testament. I mean it takes is like four pages it's nothing. But the story of Jonah, you know, Jonah and the well, the whole deal. So God comes to Jonah and says, I want you to go preach to Nineveh. Well, he runs away. And we've always been taught, well, that's because he didn't want to preach. And when God called you to preach, you need to go even if you don't want to. That's really not the story of Nineveh. That's not what he, was. he wasn't afraid to talk. He knew who Nineveh. Nineveh was an enemy of Israel. Now it's hard for us to relate to because we don't have any big threats. America at, at this point in life, uh, those of you my age, anywhere close to my age and older, uh, we were we grew up with a big threat. You remember the Soviet Union? That was a big stinking deal. The commies are coming. I mean, everybody lived with fear, of paranoia. That was a whole Cold War and all that effort and stuff like that. It was a major f- fear. You guys remember we used to do bomb drills? You guys remember this stuff? Had to do bomb drills because they might bomb us with nuclear bombs. And you're in school, and all of a sudden the alarm goes, Okay, kids, hide under your desk. (laughs) Now, I would love to know who the bureaucratic moron was that decided that hiding under a desk will protect you from an atomic bomb. I'm not quite sure (laughs) what the rationale was there. Apparently, these were serious desks. These were not ordinary desks. These were like atomic bomb desks. Very impressive. They don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> of all the dumb things. But we do this, you know. So all of a sudden, and all the kids go, like, "Ah!" You know, what's going on? I don't know. Someone's trying to kill us. You know. So I mean, you, you were raised, and we were raised our whole lives just. <laughs> and now, do you remember when you heard that the Soviet Union was falling apart? How did you feel? Right? You were happy. You weren't thinking, "Oh, those poor Soviets, those poor people—they must feel so bad." I mean, nobody cared. We're happy. We're partying. Yeah, no more Soviet Union. This was a major foot off of our necks from the fear. So now, you young people, having a clue? You have no idea what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, this, this, you, don't know, you don't have nuclear bomb chairs anymore either. But uh this was a big deal. Now, Nineveh. To the Jews was the equivalent of the Soviet Union. So God comes and tells Jonah. I am going to destroy Nineveh because of all their sins. Well, what's Jonah thinking? Yes. They're all going to die. They're all going to die. Woo! Yes. And then God says, I'm going to kill them. So I want you to go preach and tell them to repent so I don't kill them. That's. When Jonah goes, I ain't doing that. I'm not going to do that. That's why he ran. He did not want, because he says, I know you. You let him off the hook. If I go preach, you let him off the hook. You're too nice. You're too willing to forgive people. So Jonah takes off, hops on a boat, tries to take off from some distant land. Well, the Bible tells us that this huge storm comes up. I mean, a freaky storm. These guys on the boat are freaking out. Now, they're superstitious people by nature. They don't understand stuff. They just, they just finally came to the conclusion, somebody on the ship has ticked off a deity or something. Which one of you has ticked off God? And finally, Jonah goes, it's me. I did. He. If you want peace, you've got to throw me into the ocean. And initially, they didn't want to do it, but they finally got so bad, they like, said, okay, we've got to throw him over. So he willingly offers it to throw me. Because the guy would rather die than go to preach at Nineveh. So it throws him into the ocean. He's like, I'm dead now. Just splash. The Bible says God sends a big fish. A whale, obviously, something like that. And swallows the boy whole. But keeps him alive. Now he's stuck in the belly of a whale for three days. This had to really be a drag. (laughs) Because it's got to smell like fish guts and stuff in there. It's all slimy. You can't see anything. I'm not dead. He's expected to be dead, but now he's not dead. He's inside the stupid fish. And then finally the fish goes and vomits him up. And he lands on the shore. Fish guts everywhere. And he looks around and and says, where am I? And he checks his Google map. And and, and guess where he is? Nineveh. Ah. So the guy looks terrible. He smells horribly. And he goes to preach to the Ninevites. Now this is not a compassionate preacher at this point. It's not like he wants them to repent. At least I'm trying to get you to repent. You know, please repent. You know, he doesn't care. He hopes they don't repent and they all die. So he comes up and says, "Okay, God's ticked off at the whole lot of you because you're such terrible people." And he goes away. Well, it's so stunned the people. I'm sure his smell stunned them as well. But it's so stunned the people that the Bible says. That they all got down on their knees for a whole day and cried out to the God of heaven, which they did not know, and said, Please forgive us for offending you. And God forgave them. And if you read the end of the story of Jonah, Jonah is what? He's mad, he's furious. See, it doesn't make sense So you know the content. That's why he's mad. He wasn't running to preach. Why are you mad? God says, what's your problem? He says, I know you'd let him off the hook. listen sometimes people don't like that. Some of, you, some of the reasons that you won't forgive some people in your life is because they don't deserve it. I can't forgive them because they're terrible people. And they did horrible things to me. That horrible ex-wife. That obnoxious in-law. That terrible boss. That stupid preacher who's so full of his own opinions. No, don't go there. (laughs) too close to home there. They they don't deserve it. At a minimum, we want them to come and grovel. Don't you want them to grovel? These people who hurt you. The mother-in-law who always criticized you to come and say, Susie, I'm so sorry. For telling you, you keep a terrible house. You keep a very clean <coughs> house, actually. <is. laughs> well, it's some kind of groveling, because when they grovel, they are like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, then, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll forgive you. But the idea is, what, the, is the reason why some of you won't let, let it go, because you can't grasp the concept. You're saying just let them off the hook. You're let even though they hurt me and never apologize, are you telling me I need to let people off the hook? Yes! That's exactly what I'm telling you. You need to do it because God will do it for you. And he says, and if you don't do it for others, I won't do it for you. Now you're in big trouble. That's why we all pray. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. As we, in other words, you're tying it together. Every time you say the Lord's Prayer, you're giving God permission not to forgive you, if you won't forgive somebody else, you've got to let it go. But how can we just let it go? Because that's what God does. And we see this in Jesus. Jesus gives a parable. We'll see it in verse in chapter 20, which we'll get there in about eight years <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the rate I'm going. <laughs> so we'll get to we we'll get to chapter 20. Chapter 20, Jesus gives a parable. He says, "This guy goes out in the morning and he hires a bunch of guys says, "Go, I'll give you 100 bucks for the day to go work in my vineyard." So these guys go work. And then at noon, he sees a bunch of other guys. Here, hey, we need some more people. I'll pay each 100 bucks to go spend and go work. So those guys went and worked. And then at the end of the day, he comes and there's a bunch of guys standing there. He said, what are you doing here? He said, well, nobody hired us. Well, here, I'll, hire you. I'll give you 100 bucks to go work. So they, go, they get in on the last hour. And then Jesus said they all lined up to get paid, starting with the last guys who got hired. So these guys had only been out there for an hour, lined up, and he gave them each the 100 bucks. Well, the guys who'd been working all day thought, "Well, oh, this is cool. Because I'm about to make some big money. Because if those guys got 100, I'm a hundred, I'm So then those guys come up and he gives them the hundred bucks. And Jesus said they got mad. He said it's not fair. We spent the whole day working. These guys worked for an hour and he gave them the same thing. He says, what are you mad about? Did I not tell you? If you work for me, I'll give you a hundred dollars. If I want to be generous. Don't yell at me. Apparently there's something in us that actually gets mad that God is willing to let other people off the hook. It's part of our nature. It's a sad part of our nature, but it is what it is. This idea of forgiveness is difficult for people to grasp. There's people who their whole lives will honor God and do the right things and stuff like that, and by God's grace you'll get into heaven. But then there'll be some guy who lives like a disaster, Commits every sin in the world. Has nothing to do with God. But yet on his deathbed has an encounter with Christ. That person too will get into heaven. Apparently this is likely to tick off the people. Who worked really hard all their lives. Because we can't comprehend. How can he just let people like that off? I for one am glad that he does. Jesus gave another parable. The parable of the prodigal son. You Remember this one? Where he says a guy has two sons. One son says, "Hey, Dad, give me my inheritance in advance." He says, "Okay." So he gives it to him. The guy goes out and he blows it all. He partay, big parte. He's out, he's very popular. Everybody loves it when you got money, right? Everybody knows he's got all these friends. Which about you young people, think it through. These people who are your friends are only your friends because they tend to get something out of you. Your real friends are the people who stick with you when nobody else will. When nothing, it benefits them in no way. Those, you'll find out, you'll find those tend to be very few. It's a very small group of people in the world who are actually your friends. Well, this guy, he's very powerful, He's got all this money, he's partying, drunk, wild deal, wild women. And he blows it all. And then, of course, everybody leaves it. That's when you find out you're real friends. When you don't have anything to give back, ah. He gets a job feeding pigs, and he's so underpaid. The Bible says, so Jesus said, when he's feeding the pigs, he's thinking, oh man, I wish I could eat some of that. And then he comes to a sense what am I doing? Why am I doing? The guys who work for my dad on the ranch, they live a lot better than this. I know what I'll do. I'll go back to my dad. I'll throw myself at his mercy. I say, Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'm not your son. I know, but would you please just give me a job? I'm really sorry. I'm not, Could I just get a job? So he starts walking back to the house. He's on his way. I don't know how long it takes him. He's headed home. Jesus said the father looks up in the distance. He could see and he recognized his son coming. And he runs over to meet him. As soon as the dad shows up, the son starts rehearsing. The message he had planned for. and said, Father, I'm not worthy to be called to your son. But the, son, the father grabs him. And he kisses him. And he celebrates. And he says, everybody, let's get together. Let's have a big party. And they had this massive celebration. My son who was dead is now alive. He who was lost is now found. This is awesome. He's home. He's back. But then Jesus talked about the faithful son. Do you remember the faithful son, how he responded? He was mad. How can you let him off the hook? He has humiliated you. He has humiliated the family name. He has blown his entire inheritance. He flushed it down the toilet, and yet you celebrate. And Jesus said the father had to calm down the son Stop and think about. It. I'm telling you. See, we all like the idea of forgiveness when it's for us. <laughs> this is awesome, but not for that guy, and not for, the, and not for these people sitting over here. These are the bad people way over here. Yeah, we don't like them. And can you imagine the disciples when they when they're at the crucifixion and they're beating Jesus and they're whipping him? And they're spitting on him and knocking him down and they're driving nails into his hands and they're mortifying you guys you know what you're doing someday you're going to get yours you just wait and Jesus is hanging on the cross and before he dies he says father forgive them what? what? you just let them all off the hook I was waiting to watch them fry in hell. Look what they did to you. What's he do? He listened. I'm telling you. His propensity to forgive is greatly received by us. But oftentimes very irritated when it's applied to others. We need to forgive people. And we need to celebrate God's forgiveness in people's lives. Even when we think they don't need it. Or, or don't deserve it. Because I promise you, you didn't deserve it. And I don't deserve it. Here comes this guy, paralyzed guy, he's on his mat. Everybody's waiting for something cool to happen because he's paralyzed, can't fake this. Jesus just tells him, your sins are forgiven. Man, how can he say that? You can't say that. You can't just let people off the hook like that. Verse 4, Jesus says, knowing their thoughts, he said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to get up and walk? Remember, this guy's paralyzed. Well, in, my, in their mind, both are impossible. Both are impossible. You can't do that. And he's paralyzed. Then Jesus said, but I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he says to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. And the guy, again, he's paralyzed. Sits up, stands up, picks up his mat and starts walking home. Well, everyone freaks. Verse 8, when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe. I bet. And they praised God who had given such authority to men. They were amazed that a paralyzed man stood up and walked home. When we read it, our attention is immediately drawn to a paralyzed man who got up and walked home. But that is not the meat of what happens here. The most incredible miracle that happens here is apparently God is willing to forgive people. Just like that. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't negotiate it. You come to him with an open heart and say, God, please forgive me. He is willing to forgive anybody. It doesn't negate everything Jesus has said to this point. God still expects you to be willing to turn away from what's wrong. But make no mistake, he is generous to a fault. Noah was, or not Noah, Jonah was mad about it. The guys in the parable, they were all mad about it. The younger brother, he's mad about it. God apparently is generous to a fault. Let us embrace this generosity. But not just for ourselves. Also for others. Because if you won't pass this on to others, God will withhold it from you. And then you're in big trouble. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this incredible miracle, your willingness to forgive us of our sins. The price has been paid through Jesus Christ. We need not to earn it. We cannot buy it. We cannot negotiate it. We cannot barter for it. There's nothing we can do. We simply throw ourselves upon your mercy and celebrate your forgiveness in our lives. But Father, help us now to take that and apply it to others as well. Help us not to get angry when you let people off the hook because we need you to let us off the hook. Thank you. Help us to pass this grace on in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.